Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Jason Hammer right over there. My name is Nigel. We'll go to the hotline and bring on Senator Mike Braun, also running for governor of Indiana this year. Uh, Senator, I think one of the biggest issues facing voters this year is the border. No question. I, I've seen numbers like these ever. I mean, December, 300,000 illegal immigrants through that poor southern border. So after this interview, I understand, you're, are you headed to the floor to try to pass some sort of no confidence motion on defense uh dhs secretary mayorkas and and what are you seeing down there what's going on you'll you'll see that about uh, five o'clock there'll be a uh, four or five of the senators down there uh talking about it on the floor but i was there a couple months ago i went down with 24 sheriffs from indiana because the whole issue on the border is now impacting all states when you've got the loudest mouths against border policies being the mayor of new york city and uh the chicago mayor saying enough is enough uh that's uh bad and the only reason they're now taking it halfway seriously is because it's got him underwater you know leading into the uh presidential election in 24 so i i call that very very late to the game but no the number of gotaways the people that don't want to meet the border patrol that's up to 60 thousand i think a month these are numbers that to put them in perspective during the best part of the trump years it was about fifteen thousand a month and was generally averaging 40 to 50 and it really started working then when you had the stay in mexico policy there wasn't a thing called parole and uh you weren't inviting people to come into the border. And now, you know, Biden, uh, you know, orchestrated all of this, coldly calculating that sooner or later, every illegal immigrant would become a voter. And I think that's backfired, too, because many of those demographics are going for Trump, not Biden. Senator, should Alejandro Mayorkas be impeached? He should be. I was one of the first senators that called for that. Uh, looks like they're uh, going to proceed with that in the House. Um, I think there's a good chance he gets impeached there. But if that doesn't occur, I think it's incumbent on all of us. And there are certain tools we can use as senators, and we're going to exercise that here shortly. And that's to keep the – I don't like it when people do about faces on issues when they orchestrated the problems in the first place. And now, because it's a big albatross around their political neck, uh, then they get sanctimonious and, you know, want to do things. And then even if they don't implement them, well, they'll say, well, they tried to, and then probably blame it on Republicans when it doesn't work. They're good at that. We got to be faster footed at that ourselves. Okay. So for argument's sake here, let's say that Mayorkas is removed he's impeached or even resigns does anything change because it feels like even though mayorkas may be a total zero he's getting his marching orders from higher in the food chain and it goes to the point i made earlier even if all that occurs uh they're now at the point where someone is going to have to be the sacrificial lamb on this because of the political it has now gone I think uh, when I talk to Hoosiers, many other states, it's at or more serious than 
the sugar high economy and inflation and all that stuff, which is normally always going to be the number one issue. I think it's eclipsed that. They know it. And now they're between a rock and a hard place. The progressive side of their party doesn't want to really do anything. Uh, The White House is wanting to do something now. The liberal Democratic senators are the ones dragging their feet. I think they'll come along because when Trump is up in the swing states by three, five, six points, that's as bad a news as it could be now. And you can blame it half on the border, half on the economy, and then they've got a host of other bad policies that have weighed into enough is enough. What do you think of this uh, congressional deal, this top-line spending agreement, another one, $1.5 trillion, $1.6 trillion federal spending deal, um, you know, basically averting another, another partial government shutdown? I mean, is, this, is there anything in this deal about border security? I'm assuming not, but I haven't looked at it yet. No, because the border security has been leveraged against the supplemental uh, foreign aid bills, which would be Ukraine, yeah. okay. uh, Israel, and Taiwan. Uh, this is just the normal malaise of this place where, since I've been here on the budget committee, it's a useless appendage in the U.S. Senate because we don't do any budgeting. Uh, the last three years under Democratic control, it's been on one issue after another, mostly related to climate. But guys, we haven't done a budget that we've adhered to uh, since the Clinton years. And that was Newt Gingrich. And and then the amount of debt was so much less. And it was a big deal then. We started really piling on debt in the Bush years, put two wars on the credit card, went from $5 trillion to $10 trillion. Obama doubled down, went from 10 to $16 trillion. And then we were running trillion-dollar deficits annually. You had CARES Act and COVID. Now we're $34 trillion in debt, and we're borrowing a trillion dollars every six months, not just annually. Sad state of affairs. Senator Mike Braun joining us here on the Hammer and Nigel show here in just a few moments. He will be going to the floor uh, to discuss what's happening at the border. Uh, Senator's also running for governor of the state of Indiana. Senator, you mentioned earlier that what's happening at the border is a big talking point for a lot of people. Is that the biggest thing that Hoosiers are concerned with? Like, what have Hoosiers told you are their biggest issues in their lives? Well, you've always got state-specific issues, and then you've got the general national issues. The big national issues would be the mountain of debt, the sugar-high economy, inflation and of course they spend that they were calling it bidenomics until that backfired on them border is now equal to it but when you look at the state uh then you get into issues like uh where are we at in terms of raising a family do we have values uh in our state that are be being reflected in our state government those are kind of amorphous but you've got particular issues like having some of the highest health care costs in the country with some of the poorest outcomes you've got kids still reading at levels that they did 10 years ago half our budget is spent on k through 12 education and when i travel visit all 92 counties Two-thirds of the jobs just need a better high school education, and we don't really gear kids to have basic life skills. So workforce education, health care costs, rural broadband needs to be into every nook and cranny in our rural state. 
young couples aren't going to move back to their hometowns if they can't, uh, you know, open up a PDF or stream a movie. That is moving at a decent pace. It should be better. Childcare and being able to tease people back in the workforce related to high childcare costs, that needs to have an entrepreneurial look given to it. Affordable housing, those are more state issues. We don't want the feds involved in that anyway. They just create problems and cause red tape and accomplish nothing. Senator, what about the taxes taxes here in Indiana? Because that's one of the things Nigel and I hear a lot from our listeners. On one hand, you've got you know the current governor and his group bragging about this big, massive surplus. At the same time, there's the gas tax. There's a property tax issue. I think a lot of Hoosiers feel like they're being taxed to hell and then having this big surplus rubbed in their face. Has that been a talking point for the people that you've spoken with? Especially property taxes leading up uh, from COVID because the system was based upon a market value until you've got the federal government that skews it all out of place. And I think we, if I had been governor, I would have tried to lead the legislature into where you could not have had property taxes, your bill go up any more than the growth of the economy. Some bills have gone up 15 to 20%. And for fixed incomes, that really makes things tough. When it comes to our income tax, which is a third of our state revenue, everyone uh, wants to bring that down. I don't think anybody running for the Republican side of uh, wanting to be our governor, uh, if you're not there, I don't know where you've been, but then it begs the question, how do you do it? One of my opponents has said, axe attacks. She said to walk that back because it would create too big a hole. But yes, if you've got surpluses that are chronic and you don't have a good return on investment, not to mention that I'll go through every agency we've got, 30,000 employees to make sure they're running efficiently. I think if you run them efficiently, you could probably over a period of years finance a tax cut that would maybe take us down to a zero income tax state. It's uh, it's kind of uh, flippant to say that you could ax it. But yes, there's a lot of room. We watch our dollars and cents doesn't mean you can't do it better. And if you're generating too much money, it needs to not come to the government. It needs to stay in the taxpayer's pocket. Finally, Senator, basic, simple question here. Why yeah. do you why do you want to run for governor of Indiana? Yeah. I mean, you've you've trudged your way through the swamp for the past uh, six years. You have a, a crowded field here in the GOP in Indiana. And uh, you've done obviously well with yourself, well for yourself, with your businesses and things like that. What's What's the motivating factor here for you? Well, I probably told you guys before, but I wasn't going to do the Senate gig for more than two terms. I'm a big believer in term limits at the federal level, and I would have never reneged on that. Then you look at the fork in the road. If you do want to stay in uh, government service for a while, I mean, I was in the private sector for 37 years, uh, you got a fork in the road. If you want to come back and be the CEO of a state, run it in a way that's going to keep our values in place, make it more efficient, invest in the things that really need to be done. I've observed we generally get people from the farm system of politics that make it into running our state. And to me, that's where I spent most of my time before I got into the Senate was running something. I think I can be more productive back here. And I listen and I learn I travel the state, and I think I get a good feel for what makes Indiana tick. 
He is on his way to the floor to discuss what is happening at our southern border. Senator Mike Braun from Indiana. Senator, I know you got a lot of stuff to do. We always appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the Hammer and Nigel show. It's always to be uh, it's always good to be on your show. Always enjoy it. Thank you.